0: You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to our first edition of Locked On Broncos. I'm Dave Logan, along with Brandon Christall. We're going to talk about the Broncos in depth for the next few minutes. I know there are plenty of Broncos fans out there that are following the team and wondering what's going on with uh, the quarterbacks and a lot of other positions, and frankly, so are we. So we're going to delve into that a bit, um, starting with the quarterback play. Who will be the starting quarterback for this Bronco team come September 8th against the Carolina Panthers? That question, I think, was answered twice Saturday night in preseason game number two, and then, excuse me, conversely, it was unanswered two times. Uh, Trevor Simeon got the start in the second game. I thought really played well to start the game, went down the field, engineered a 86-yard touchdown drive in 10 plays. He was 5 of 6 on that drive for 55 yards. Made good decisions. Made a couple of throws under duress. And so after that drive, I'm thinking, okay, this kid has firmly stepped into the leader's role with respect to who's going to start. Then the third drive, he makes a really bad decision on a throw. And again, he's a young guy, but a throw that you simply can't make. And it gets returned for a touchdown. So... Mark Sanchez comes in, moves the team down the field, gets a field goal, takes a sack, doesn't put the ball up for grabs in the red zone, was 10 of 11 at one point since taking over for Simeon. Now I'm thinking, okay, Sanchez has firmly sort of taken the the lead and who's going to be the quarterback. Then he takes a horrible strip sack fumble, which was his fault. Ball was in one hand as he stepped up away from edge pressure in the red zone, and turns the ball over. And then the next possession, after the Niners fumble the ensuing snap, he gets a strip sack from behind and fumbles again. Now, I'm not ready to completely blame him for the strip sack. The second strip sack, even though there are some that say the ball had to come out a little bit earlier, go back and look at that. He hitched up once and and then looked, and could the ball have come out a little earlier? Maybe, but that's on the tackle. But the first fumble... Uh, is clearly on him, and it's something that has plagued him seemingly for his entire career. So right now, Paxton Lynch, the first-round draft choice, I don't think will factor in this decision. It still comes down to Mark Sanchez and Trevor Simeon, and honestly, I I don't know that the Broncos like either one of them at least a whole bunch.
1: Well, let me ask you this, and you would know the stats in your head better, but it seemed like whether it was Peyton Manning or Brock Osweiler – with Gary Kubiak, when they were running the scripted plays to start a game, they were in pretty good shape. And again, you could go through every game in in your head, I'm sure, much more readily than I could. But we've now seen Mark Sanchez in week one against the Bears with a scripted set of plays lead them down to a touchdown drive. We've seen Trevor Simeon do the same thing. And then once you get away from the script and you're just into your normal game action, it hasn't gone as well. Do you think there's something to... They've practiced whatever they scripted, and they're good there for whatever, however many plays it is. And I know that down and distance can affect the predetermined play call,
0: if you will, with the script. But they've looked good there, and then beyond that, that's where problems have arisen, right? Well, I think we've heard that out of uh, Gary Kubiak and Rick Dennison, uh, some of the Broncos' offensive coaches, much of this camp. Mark Sanchez, his biggest issue is when he gets off script and tries to extend plays, he makes bad decisions. And, unfortunately, the league, when you look at how a regular season goes, about 40% of what you call an offense, quarterback gets off script. He's going to have to adjust to whether uh, somebody loses a block up front, he's got to get out of the pocket, Uh, whether or not a receiver slips down. And that was the side of the field he was working. I mean, this this game, the elite guys are guys that can really – Uh, compete at the highest level when something breaks down and they've got to basically ad-lib. That's not something that Mark Sanchez has been very good at throughout his career, certainly not good here in training camp. Trevor Simeon is a little bit more athletic and can get out of the pocket. I mean, his thing is um, can you trust him at the start of the season because he has one more snap in his NFL career than just Paxton Lynch. I mean, this is a young, inexperienced quarterback who has a really good arm and has more uh, ability to escape and, ma- and extend plays with his legs than Mark Sanchez does. As long as the Broncos can keep things on script, um, I think Sanchez is fine. But we all know, and especially when the regular season starts, and, and defenses really scheme for particular styles of offense, and particular individual traits of a quarterback, that's not going to be the case. That's why I think we sit here today, honestly. And, you know, I'm not sure what they're going to do, which really doesn't matter that much, but I'm fairly certain that they're not even sure what they're going to do. And that is troublesome if you're a Broncos fan.
1: Yeah, I think you brought up the point last week uh, when we were talking that you thought they'd want to announce a starter today, and Gary Kubiak's going to meet the media around 105 so who knows when you're listening to this but maybe there'll be some clarity I don't think there will be I don't think he can go in there and say Mark is our guy Trevor's our guy or even we're gonna give the young kid a shot I would like to see Paxton get some work with the ones but you're getting too close to the start of the season if anything they they probably should have done that already right giving him more work to see how he can do ones versus ones because threes versus threes while his numbers are nice and, and you look he was 15-26, 15-26, to he moved well, he throws two scores. Obviously, like the, the other quarterbacks, has a turnover with an interception. You just haven't seen him work with Demarius Thomas, with Emmanuel Sanders, having a first-team offensive line, having the first-team running backs behind him. But you can't do that now. I mean, we're now, what, two and a half weeks away from the start of the season. And so I think that's your, your biggest – I mean, it's it's a big issue <laughs>
0: all the way around. Well, I, I said that I thought Gary Kubiak might come out and announce a starter, prior to the play of those two quarterbacks in preseason game number two. I think if Gary had his wish in in the best-case scenario, today he'd announce one of those guys as the starting quarterback. Here's the dilemma. It's not so much who plays in game three with the starters. It's who gets the majority of reps in practice with the number ones. You know, they've been divvying up reps. I mean, that's just unheard of in the NFL. And When you get into the regular season, that's not going to happen. But you've got to get one of these guys. I mean, one of these guys – has to get reps with the one ones to, to get him as ready as they possibly can. That's the problem because based on the play Saturday night, there is no clear cut uh, leader in the clubhouse. At least I don't think. I would say this, and I said going into camp, I thought Mark Sanchez would be the starter. You know, I've backed off that a little bit because I just because of his his play. He's looked a little bit indecisive. I think it's been uh, the learning curve has been steep for him. This is a new offense for him. Trevor Simeon certainly has, has mastered the offense in terms of getting people lined up and understanding the calls and the verbiage. And Paxton Lynch uh, is a rookie who has never had uh, this kind of verbiage, uh, certainly when he was at Memphis. And so it's, it's all brand new to him. But, I, but I, my feeling, my gut tells me that, and I have no way to prove this, just a feeling, that the Broncos right now would like the starting quarterback, at least against Carolina, to be Trevor Simeon. Would like that to be the case. I don't know that they're ready to say it will be the case, but I you know, that's just my gut. And they have been very, very frustrated with the continual mistakes by Mark Sanchez. That's not to say he hadn't made some good plays in camp. He has, but he's an eight-year guy. And so uh, how much leeway you give a player that has played that long uh, is is certainly different than a guy that has played one snap in the league, played last year, and really didn't play, but it was on the team. So Simeon is basically, in my book, a rookie quarterback. Um, and, and Sanchez obviously has been in this league and had some success in the league, but he has not taken uh, – he's not seized the opportunity in training camp the way that I clearly thought he would when camp started.
1: Well, it does feel like he's – very content with just checking the ball off, dumping the ball down, taking the short yardage in front of
0: him. Oh, I disagree with that a little bit. I I don't See, I don't see that. I don't see that from Sanchez. I I do see I do see quarterbacks that understand the situation they're in and understand that, you know, if I make a bad throw here and it's picked, it's probably going to cost me a chance to be a starting quarterback, so maybe they're a little more hesitant. I was saying I was saying
1: that from Trevor. It felt like Trevor was that, that, I mean, I didn't log every pass. but I'm just going to disagree okay, with that one,
0: too. That's fine. Because you and I disagree a lot. That, you know that, how it is. That's, com- that's no, I, completely fine. I, I don't think they've checked it down too much. I, I think Simeon's been pretty accurate with his throws. He's got a, he has got a really good arm. I mean, I, I like his arm a lot. Um, and, then, and then Lynch. I mean, I, I had ruled out Lynch being the starting quarterback when training camp started. And, and frankly, the only way that I see that happening now is if when – Kubiak and Elway and those that make this decision look at their two options in Sanchez and Simeon, and they're so disgruntled with a number of things with both of them that they would just say, okay, you know what, we're going to go with the rookie. The, the danger of doing that is you, you have a team, again, most times you get a first-round quarterback, uh, they go to teams that aren't very good. You've got a team now that I, they feel like can compete once again for a playoff spot and a, and a nice push, and who knows from that point on. So what what's the message to the defense if all of a sudden you trot Paxton Lynch out there against Carolina? You just have – I mean, you have to be cognizant of the locker room and sort of the overall feeling because th- these guys watch practice too. They know about the quarterbacks. They, I'm sure they all have opinions on who should play. Yeah, and that's sort of where I'm
1: leaning too, that one, you're
0: short on time, and two, the locker room
1: wants to – while they may have their guy, right, every player may think Trevor should be the guy, Mark, and maybe some say, hey, let's get the rook out there because he has the most upside. They just want to know so that they can start to mentally prepare, right, and get on the same page, whether you're Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, the offensive line, understanding what that quarterback's going to do with the line of scrimmage. They have to want some clarity for their own peace of mind because I'm sure they're being asked by their friends, family, cousins, aunts, uncles, sisters, significant others hey who's going to be the starting quarterback and I'm sure they're ready for that question to be answered and then you go out play the games and if the leash is short for whomever on September 8th or through the first couple games you make that determination and you make a move then or Gary will well let's move on to the news of the day with Henry Melton coming in I guess is sort of news they lost Vance Walker Henry Melton, you remember, was a pretty good tailback at Texas. He was the number two tailback behind Selvin Young on the national championship team with Vince Young. But he's played defensive line for a long time in this league. Are you surprised to see them bring somebody in this late? You're saying he ate his way into his hand being in the dirt? I'm saying he was a big old ball carrier and he was not easy to tackle.
0: (laughs) No, he was a good player with the Bears for sure. We we talked about this last week a little bit. I think when Vance Walker went down, um, it's easy to say in the NFL, next man up. And we heard John Fox say that over and over. And that is the mentality. I think, that you have to have in the NFL. But the reality is the next man up normally is not as good as the man that went down, truth be known. And so um, Vance Walker was a really good defensive tackle, more than just solid. He would have been a guy that, that would have made this Broncos defensive front better. He goes down. Adam Gotzes, again, the second-round draft choice, and we've talked about this in camp as well, he, along with Jared Crick, now give them depth at that position. Gotsis, however, is nine months removed from tearing his ACL in his last year at Georgia Tech. So while he's looked good in training camp, you know, you still, I think, have to be a little bit careful how many snaps you can count on him in this is rookie year and coming off that sort of injury. Crick is uh, a guy who works hard on every play, brings maximum effort, and I think the Broncos do like him, and they, they, uh, they went out and got him in the offseason. But Melton now will give them a, a veteran presence, another guy who's been through the battles, big, strong interior lineman that just adds to the depth. That's one thing that we saw last year in particular uh, with Wade Phillips. I mean, he's not afraid to and indeed wants to rotate defensive linemen. There were six defensive linemen that played a lot of snaps last year for the Broncos, and that that's sort of the trend now in the NFL. It used to be you'd get three or four guys, and they go out and play 65 snaps a game. Not anymore. I mean, your your best players are guys that are going to play 40 to 45 snaps in a game.
1: Yeah, Henry Melton being signed feels like bad news for Billy Wynn, who's a vet that they brought in that played a few years in Indy. I think he was excited about an opportunity here, and Bill Kolar is just going to continue to attract free agent, defensive lineman. You saw Jared Crick got here as quickly as he could when he had an opportunity to change teams. But I think Henry Milton coming in says, we're going to pump the brakes on Gatsas a little bit. And I feel like, I mean, you called the game on, was it the Carlos Hyde touchdown? Gatsas got uh, pretty well sandwiched at the point of attack, and that's just going to come from understanding leverage and, and playing this game at this level a little bit more. Right? Yeah,
0: I, I don't think Gatsas is ready for full-time play in the NFL on this defense. Right, he's a rookie number one, and again, he's coming off that injury number two, um, and and I think the club loves him. I think they like his motor. Uh, he's a freakish athlete. I mean, he's one of the best athletes for a young guy that size that we've seen in this league uh, in the last few years. But is he ready to be a forty down per game guy? And I think the answer right now would be no. Henry Melton, as you said, is a veteran, a big, strong guy that uh, you just can't have too many. I mean, you can't have too many edge pass rushers which the Broncos have an abundance of. And you also can't have too many defensive linemen that can stop the run and and, and ex, uh, exert a little bit of pressure from the interior part of the defense on the quarterback. So, I mean, I, I like the move. I was surprised, frankly, that Henry Melton was out there sort of hanging around.
1: Yeah, but maybe he was just waiting for the right situation, waiting for a training camp injury. They saw one here in Denver,
0: and, and he and his folks thought this was a good place to go. Let's uh, talk briefly about the running back situation. That's another, uh, I think, spot that interests Broncos fans. I mean, clearly, C.J. Anderson uh, is the number one guy. He's, uh, he's come to camp in the best shape of his career. He had six carriers for 30 yards, including that uh, touchdown run of, what was it, like 19 yards, I think. Um, he also is being paid $6 million this year, which factors in. I mean, teams normally, if they pay you that kind of money, they want to get that sort of production out of you. They want to be paid for their investment. So I think CJ Anderson, as long as he stays healthy, is going to be the bell cow. I don't. I don't know that we're going to see you know rotating backs every uh, every other series or guys tapping their helmets to come out. I think CJ Anderson, frankly, is poised for um, a season between. 1,350 yards and 1,500 yards. I think he can have that kind of year. Because I do think, we'll talk about this on another day, but I do think the Broncos are better up front on the offensive line. Uh, Behind him, I think everybody's been really impressed with Devontae Booker, the fourth-round draft choice out of Utah. Strong, decisive, powerful, good feet. That's four attributes of a running back that if you can have – you're going to be a pretty good player. His thing is, can I, am I, am I uh, able to pick up blitzes? Do I understand protections? He's a great receiver out of the backfield. He's got uh, as good a pair of hands, I think, as a lot of receivers in this game. You don't say that about running backs too often. Very natural ball catcher. Was at camp last week just watching him on the sideline, just playing around, playing catch snagging the ball with one hand, I'm thinking, okay, this this young guy has great, great hands. And I think Booker is going to get playing time. I mean, he's not going to necessarily push C.J., at least I wouldn't think so, but he's going to get playing time for sure. That leads us to Ronnie Hillman, who led the team in rushing last season with over 800 yards. He had, uh, he had three carries, I think, for uh, 21 yards in the uh, preseason game number two. And, and I thought looked good. He, he And I've said since he became a Bronco, he's got a different skill set than anybody the Broncos have had every single year he's been here. And he's got a different skill set than any of the Bronco backs this year. The problem is um, he doesn't really play special teams. He hasn't really shown an affinity to want to play special teams, which is an issue if you're not the starting running back. Uh, and number two um, you know they love Devontae Booker. You don't draft a guy like that if you're completely sold on your running back situation. And and John Elway quickly pointed out this spring, hey, they had a second round grade on Devontae Booker, so they really like him.
1: It feels like Ronnie Hillman is being showcased to hopefully be traded for the Broncos. That they would like to get some sort of value. Now he was on the open market for month, month and a half, two months, and then ends up re-signing here in Denver. It's not going to cost them any money to release him. His deals around. Million eight, So his guys, you know, again, it's a, a bit of a war of attrition. As guys go down around the league through these third preseason games. He could become attractive. There's teams out there that have familiarity with him. When you talk about John Fox and, and his staff in Chicago, Adam Gase, obviously there with the Dolphins and, and Jack Del Rio in Oakland, just to name three that could use him if they need running back depth. We know <laughs> the Buffalo running back situation is a bit of a mess. They just released Carlos Williams. So there may be teams that will say, hey, we'll give you a, a conditional fifth or here's a sixth for him. Because I just don't see playing time for him, if everyone's healthy, at least significant playing time, and he just doesn't seem to be wired for special teams, right? Yeah,
0: you're, well, I mean, you know, sometimes you got to get wired. Yeah. yeah he, he, like Capri Bibbs, he, we talked to him, and he said, I want to be on every special yeah, team. Yeah, because Capri understands that for him to stay in the league, at least for the early part of his career as a running back and a backup running back, he's got to play in special teams. Ronnie Hillman doesn't view himself as a special teams player. That's a little bit of an issue. Uh, and I also think that the the problem now for the Broncos, I agree, uh, of them trying to showcase him. Teams, you know, they're not stupid. Um, they know the, there's a chance, maybe even a good chance, Ronnie Hillman's going to get cut. So why do we want to give you a fifth-round, a conditional fifth-round pick? Um, the answer, I think, is... If there are teams, as you mentioned, that are really in trouble at running back and they don't want to take a shot at Hillman being released and then being able to negotiate and go wherever he wants to, maybe they make a deal that uh, assures them of getting a guy like Ronnie Hillman. I mean, Hillman has the ability to play in the league for sure. I don't know that Hillman is a 20 to 25 carry per game guy. He's just he's not sturdy enough. He's not built for that, but he has a nice change of pace back. Uh, He's got. Decent hands. Doesn't have great hands. Pretty good blitz pickup. He's pretty. Been. He's he's a willing blitz pickup guy the issue is he's just a small body I mean you've got linebackers these days you know 240 to 260 pounds with a full head of steam and you're a you're a back at 200 pounds that you say go up and meet that linebacker at the line of scrimmage you know and I don't mean just extend your hand say how you doing you got to meet him with his your helmet under his chin that's not all that good a matchup from the Broncos perspective but um, I I think right now as we do this today I think uh, my guess would be Ronnie Hillman will be playing somewhere else Uh, for another team this NFL season
1: yeah I think uh, I agree and it'll be one of those where if he goes somewhere else and is really good you'll say man I wish we would have seen that here from him you mean
0: second guessing in football
1: I know shocking right it happens all right well should we uh put a put a nice red bow on this one the first locked on Broncos I think went pretty well we're going to do this for you every weekday Monday through Friday and we look forward to talking Broncos with you here on locked on Broncos he's Dave Logan I'm Brandon Cristal we'll see you next time